Hey, what's going on? This is the Educated Guest Podcast. I'm Justin, your host. This is your first time listening. I just want to say thank you, first and foremost. And if this is your 160th time listening, I want to pay a special, a very special thank you to you as well. Um, If you're curious about what this is and what the spirit of this platform is and how we might operate an art school completely virtually at the moment, then I'll simply point to the spirit of the craft person, the spirit of the multidisciplinarian, the spirit of the outlaw. What do I mean by those three particular people? It's pretty simple. It's the spirit of the nonconformist, the artist or the designer who can't be boxed into one particular title or role or job. And quite frankly, the idea of a job just gives them anxiety because it feels as if they have to sacrifice something in exchange for monetary gain. And we're here to say that that's not the case. You can live the life of your dreams. You can live the life of other people's dreams and bunch it all into one. But we found along the way that there's a lot of misinformation around about doing this. You know, the system is broken. The best information is behind paywalls higher than the sky. And the worst information is available to to everyone. And you can't parse through it all and you don't know what's important and you can't be prudent enough or disciplined enough to do the work that needs to be done. So we've decided to create this platform just for you. If you're frustrated by the transactional learning that's available out there, then we're here to provide something that's transformational. And where that leaves us is in a much better place as artists, as designers, as creators, as inventors, as architects of the new world. Not to say that we are the egoists who should rule it all, but we are the supporters of the higher vision of of the optimism in the future. So all those things to say that if you like that sort of stuff and if this sounds like a place for you, then you can go to educated-guest.com, subscribe to our newsletter and get even more closely aligned with what we do mission, vision, and tactics of how we execute it all. And also you can connect with us and talk with us and join the community at educated underscore underscore guests on Instagram. Those two places are probably best for now. Um, all that said, um, I know I've outlast, outlasted the intro, which I seem to have a habit of doing, but if there's something on the spirit to be said, then it needs to be let out. But today's lecture is about the four pillars of long-term thinking. And in particular, we've been doing a lot of study lately on strategic ways to get the most out of not only your day-to-day, but the most out of your month-to-month, your year-to-year. And what it means is that you're going to have to start thinking beyond the next two weeks. You're going to have to start thinking beyond the next month, thinking beyond the next quarter even. We recently did a lecture on the power of planning for a quarter, and it's almost a bit... um, there's a bit of misinformation even in that lecture because if you're planning for a th- for a quarter just before the quarter begins, then you're probably behind because you're not thinking long-term enough. And in that same lecture, we mentioned this idea of how to place your bets, how to show up at the blackjack table of life and place your bets appropriately and do things that take long time to take a long time and do things that are expensive, cross-prohibitive and doing things that are difficult. Like if you think about the things that are available to us all in life. The cheap, fast, and easy things are available to everyone. That's why we've sort of kicked off the show in this particular lecture in the way that we have. But the most valuable things, as we all know, 
are the expensive things, are the, you know, the difficult things, the, the, the things that take a long time. And it's important to note that we're, when we mention value, the most valuable things are expensive. That's a hot take. And I know it's quite um, a note of polarity for many, many people, quite a polarizing statement. But when we're talking about value here, we're talking about valued actions, valued inten- intentions, things that will get you a return on the investment of time or money that you place into them. And in most cases, when you invest your time into things and your energy into things that are cost prohibitive to others, that's a double down. That's something you can use to your advantage. It's no use in having money and hoarding it. Invest that money into something that can produce more value for not only just you, but for others. So what we're talking about today is long term thinking. And I've run across four particular pillars, if you will, that help to create long-term thinking and help to support your long-term goals. Um, and we'll, we'll do this in a bit of an interesting order because the order in which we've learned about these things and sort of categorize these things sort of reflect the order in which um, the risk is involved, right? We'll move from sort of the highest risk you know, longest tail win possibility to the lowest risk as we've sort of evaluated them briefly. So the first thing that sort of supports this long-term visioning, this long-term speculation is the power of branding. You know, the benefit of brand of many people is it's kind of silent because many people can start a brand with next to no money and make zero money from the brand and still feel empowered as if they have done something. You know, there's a a saying that, you know, in a new J. Cole song, if you're into J. Cole, he's like, people be celebrating their first downs like they touchdowns. That's dangerous. So it shouldn't be mistaken that a brand is something to celebrate in the short term. A brand is it's either a first down, a consecutive series of first downs, but the touchdown the touchdown is is the actual profit. And when you're building a brand, the profit takes a long time. It's the willingness to take a short-term hit for a long-term gain, short-term setback for a long-term step up. So what does this look like? This doesn't look like getting your logo all right. This doesn't look like, you know, making sure your color scheme is perfect. This doesn't look like making sure your brand you know, your your fonts that you use are consistent across all 17 different platforms you have. No, instead, building a brand is about making strategic decision decisions as it relates to your partnership strategy, your marketing strategy, your comment and conversational tone, as well as all the, the beauty and the visual that we mentioned before. So it's not just simply what the thing looks like. It's how it sounds, how it feels, how it tastes. It's how to, how your how your company and how your bottom line presents itself to the public. So as you go about building your brand, you can start with your personal brand. You can start with your professional brand. You can start with a brand that's divorced from you completely. You can start with any brand, but that's truly the only thing that really matters in the long term. That's what you're going to have to work on eventually. So when you have not necessarily a need 
to, let's say, for example, you're working at a company right now that you don't really like, and you're unsure about when you're going to leave because you're unsure about how to actually get enough, enough money to leave. Our thought process is always that you need to create a space for that ethos of a new company to live before you begin to profit. That's our belief. That's the belief of you know, what we teach. I know there's contrary to that belief. There's contrary ideas to that belief. And those are also warranted. Sometimes you need to make a dollar today. Sometimes you need to make $100 tonight by tonight. I would argue, however, if you're in that situation, then that's also, it's very rare that you arrive at needing $100 by tonight if you didn't know that two weeks ago. It's very odd and that's very rare. Or you're in a very adverse situation, which we're not going to comment on per se. Um, So in terms of building a brand, just know that that's a good first step in terms of how to create something that others can't how to do something that others can't do. You know, a good example is when Kanye was working on College Dropout, he had been working on it for years. A lot of those songs on College Dropout and even Late Registration are five years old, six years old from the time that the album was released. Like some of those songs were recorded in 99, 2000, 2001. The album didn't come out to 2004. So as we start thinking about building your brand, you can start right now with those sorts of things. Figure out what very simple example is. Let's say you want to start a service-based business and you know that there are specific steps in how services are delivered. There's a contractual period. There's a, you know, a capabilities deck usually sent out. These are like very old school methods of, you know, service providing um, materials that you'll need, sort of these artifacts Figure out what those look like for you. You know, if you're trying to leave a firm, leave an agency to to go start your own, figure out what those documents look like for you. Make those on the side. Don't use your don't use your your your, uh, professional computer or anything like that to get you in trouble. But start building those things on the side and figure out how would you do these things differently? How would you say, you know, how would you respond to emails? What does your email signature look like? These are small momentum boosts that you can begin doing today as you work at a job that you don't like, as opposed to waiting until something magical happens and someone randomly pulls up on you, decides to give you a million dollars and you can quit that day. Very rarely happens like that. So that's the first thing. The second thing, which we want to touch on just briefly, is you know the value of infrastructure. And infrastructure is the second most cost prohibitive thing on this list. Brand is probably the first because, you know, Nike can afford to put up as many billboards as they want that just has the Nike sign on it. It doesn't matter what the return on investment of that is. It's just awareness. You know, there's very specific examples of brands that are at that scale that are spending millions of dollars a day on awareness ads just to let you know that they exist. They don't expect any money to come from the ad, but they're adding a new person to their clientele funnel, to their customer funnel, that sort of thing. It's bringing them into the ecosystem. So because most companies at the scale of like a small service provider or a small brand don't have millions of dollars today to spend on awareness ads, you have to think more creatively. So the second most cost prohibitive thing that we've just mentioned 
is infrastructure and technology. So this is going to be like um, the classic decision of build, borrow, or buy. So if you're in, if you ever worked in tech, you know that this is a classic decision that you always arrive at because many times you'll have a situation where you have a technology problem and something like, um, <clears throat> let's say there's an open source software available. There's a free web app that you can use like Miro or something like that, or um, internal communication systems like Teams or Slack. Slack, Asana is a perfect example. Asana I think is the best example because Asana, if for many of you are not familiar, it's like Trello, so task management, project management you know, system. Asana was founded by Facebook employees and not just any, but some of the highest in the, in the, in the pecking order at Facebook at the time. Um, and they were looking for a software, man like a task management system at the time. And they were like, well, we don't like the ones that exist. So why don't we just build our own? So they built this thing and were operating with this thing internally for quite a long time. And then eventually they decided this should be our own company. So they left. Um, I'm not sure how the specifics of that worked because I'm sure that they had to pay some undisclosed sum to actually take the tech with them so that they could license it back to Facebook or maybe Facebook owns some part of it or something like that. But you get the point that at some point, your leverage point can't always be the same publicly available tools, the same publicly available methods, technologies, any of that stuff that everybody else has, because then your IP and your business could just be repeated or you know, pretty much recreated in a weekend or a day or a, a month, depending on how complex the thing is. Um, we learned recently just of some good examples of this is that if, you know, Tesla or if, you know, think of the top companies in the world right now in terms of market value and market cap is you start thinking about what's proprietary for them. And the reason why big consulting firms are losing is because they have had no, you know, propriety. There's been no IP outside of number of smart people that they, you can put on a project. So what a lot of consulting firms and a lot of people are doing in reaction is they're trying to build their own software. They're trying to build their own capability, these quote unquote assets so that they can win again. And it's just a sheer numbers game. So why am I talking about all this? Why are we talking about all this in the context of long-term thinking? It's because as you start building your practice, as you start building your career, as you start building your personal brand, you need to figure out what your IP is. What are the things that people will look at you and it's like, well, I don't want to do all that. Like I was just going to buy the thing off the shelf and you went and built the whole thing. So again, start looking for ways that you can either build, borrow or buy and make those decisions appropriately. Sometimes it makes sense to buy. Sometimes it makes sense to borrow. But in most cases, the longest term vision is to build. Build it yourself. So a couple more here. I'll just go through them fairly quickly. The third one is this is, again, on the topic of how to think in a long term fashion. The third one is about methods, templates and systems. So most stress is not really a cause of a circumstance. Most stress is a cause of a lack of a system or preparation to account for the circumstance. And as a result, you have to reevaluate the system, very engineering mindset. So if you start engineering your systems in a better way, then you can come around and come across a better, a better organizational approach the way you do work. 
And last but not least, I don't want it to get lost that the simplest and most effective and most long-lasting way to achieve this long-term thinking and this long-term goal setting is to simply focus on how good you are at your craft. How good are you at the thing that you do? You know, there's many people out there that have created a commodity out of creativity, out of art and design, out of graphic design. Why is it that people would still go pay Michael Beirut to go and design their their brand identity and pay Pentagram? It's for the peace of mind of knowing that they have put in the hours. It's for the peace of mind of knowing that they have put in the time, peace of mind of knowing that everyone else believes the same thing. So it's this common belief that actually helps them charge what they charge and gives them market separation as a create as a creative house. So what you need to do is to go and put in that same amount of time to develop that same amount of quality so that your quality is, is as good or on par, if not better, is world-class level. So what are you world-class at? That's the question. What are you world-class at? And that's all we have for today. If you like this sort of thing, if you like what we've talked about today, you can go to educated-guest.com or connect with us at educated underscore underscore guests on Instagram. Many more talks like this on the way. If you've enjoyed this and if you're still stuck around for this long, thank you so much. One more thing before we leave is that I've never asked anyone to do anything in particular to support except share with friends. But there's one thing that has become aware, become apparent to me. People have told me about how the rating system works on you know, podcasts and stuff like that on Apple Podcasts. And never asked anything before, but if you're interested in supporting and spreading the word via rankings and more algorithmically, you can go to Apple Podcasts at the very bottom and just simply leave a review, leave a rating. Um, hope it's a five star. Hope you enjoy this stuff. But just say one thing that you've learned, just one thing that you've learned from this entire platform and one thing you're excited about for the future. So those are the two questions I'm asking you to sort of respond to and just leave a review there. So thanks so much. And I'll talk to you soon. Peace.